0: You're back here with me, Nick. I'm joined by Ronnie. He's here after having turned 30 this past weekend. Lacquer old Bali now. Saw so knee, so back. How was the birthday, Ronnie?
1: Yeah, it happened. It's done. We're moving
0: forward. Yeah, at a rapid pace, I see. So some lacquer rugby on this weekend. Did you manage to catch that? Did you have to wear your glasses? I just sat closer to the television. And what did you see, hey? Bulls beating Glasgow 29-17. Yeah, I watched all the South African
1: games. I uh, I may have missed a couple of the non-South African uh, matchups. It was very
0: exciting. Yeah, I mean, there was so much rugby to watch this weekend. I can't get through it all. Uh, but definitely a good victory from the Bulls. I mean, they were behind in the first half and then switched it up again. And that actually seemed to be the trend for most of the South African teams this weekend.
1: It's not something I would attribute to South African teams, say hey, Nick, uh, it's it's typically something that we saw with New Zealand always putting putting down their foot in the second half, but it seems that South African teams have developed this attribute, you know, second half performances uh, seem to go up.
0: Yeah, I guess that slow poison approach, you know, where our forwards get the upper hand in the first half and then second half the backs flourish and the forwards just exert their dominance even further. Definitely not something we've come to expect from South African side. But it seems to be the norm now. It happened in literally every South African-URC game over the weekend. So yeah, good victory for the Bulls. Put them up to second on the log for a moment there. Obviously a lot of rugby still to be played after that fixture. Munster and Cardiff. Munster were winning that one 42-21, doubling the score. Yeah, know. very exciting for Munster. I uh, did watch the replays. I know I didn't watch all the games, but
1: uh, did watch the replays. Munster very well done to you considering you know how important it was to to get up on the log as well to kind of try and secure your home semi-finals leading into the the end of the of the of the group
0: stages they did really well against cardiff yeah i think like you said they're trying to secure that home semi munster's definitely one of the top four teams in the competition at the moment they are second on the log they had a very very solid season And interestingly enough, Munster and Leinster will play each other in the last fixture. So that's one and two on the log. It's just interesting that you say that. Sorry to interrupt you. You said Munster was? Second on the log. All right. Uh, We just
1: had an argument with respect to Superbrew yesterday. And uh, I'm glad you stated that
0: Munster is second on the log. Yeah, but there's actually a difference in points, Ronnie. (laughs) Well, this is a conversation for just now. So we'll get back to that one. But yeah, like you say, Munster and Leinster, if Munster lose to Leinster in that fixture, they'll probably forfeit the home semi. If Leinster... Lein, I mean, Leinster can't move from first position on the log. No. Yeah, no, they've secured that position so
1: they won't be moving out of first place, which really changes things a little because who do they play now in their, in their last couple of games in the URC? Are they going to rest all their players and put them into the Challenge Cup or...
0: Uh... Yeah, I mean, are the Irish going to sort of come together there Ireland's calling and let Munster win that, securing two home. I semis. hope that's not the case, but I, I, but I look, I think, I think it would be smart from the instant to raise some of their players, considering they've secured the top spot. It's. Uh, I mean, you saw that they kicked the ball out right at the end, rather than trying to to draw or win the game. They just came here for the two points to secure their place atop the log. They achieved it, and when their next play, they'll be at full strength, having concluded their Champions Cup obligations. Yeah, absolutely. Next game was Lions vs Benetton. Bit yeah. of a dead rubber. Bit of a dead rubber, but ultimately a good game from the Lions. I don't know how many Man of the Match medals this season have gone to the Chatuka brothers. Good six or so. They're playing very, very well there in Joburg. And sort of a sad send-off for Burger Urdendahl. He's leaving the franchise. You know, he joined them in 2020 after he was ousted by Jake White at the Bulls. And I think he had a very, very good season for the Lions.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Look, there's some really great players at the Lions. And uh, I think they just started firing a little bit late in the season. They lost some crucial games, which just meant that they were never in the running really for the top eight. And uh, it's a little bit sad to see. But look, it was still an exciting game if you looked at it uh, in
0: isolation. But, you know, nothing really came of that. Yeah, I think some, some other exciting players there as well. It was good to see them break out onto the scene. Hendricks has been a revelation at He is, he's good eh? Van den at 9 has been very, very good for them and you know they, they also now pinched Sannele Nohamba he's joining the Joburg side as well as Marius Lowe so they'll be they'll be in a decent position to compete better in the URC next year I think
1: Yeah, absolutely absolutely
0: uh, Next game Zebra versus Dragons another dead rubber or yeah, not? <laughs> Just to take a pause for the cause here you and me both predicted a Dragons win in that one last week on the pod <sighs>
1: Well, the Zebra's
0: really done nothing the whole
1: season. I mean, it's it, I'm really sorry to say and if there's any Zebra fans here, I'd love for them to do be a little bit more competitive next season. But it's not been a good season for them, and I really didn't
0: see them actually coming off of the win against the Dragons. No, I didn't expect that either, not at all. But yeah, just continuing a bit of the Welsh suffering towards the end, tail end of the season, hey? Eh? And then... Sharks, Connacht, forty one twenty one. I have to agree with Nick Mallett, yeah, or not exactly
1: with what he said, but at halftime he was uh, bitterly disappointed in the Sharks, and at the end of the game he was thoroughly impressed with them, So and that was pretty much the same for me. Halftime, I just thought, well, what are the Sharks actually doing here? Um, we should be a lot more dominant, and then uh, we just seem to put our foot down in the second half, and, and we'll talk about the stats a little bit later, some of the records in the URC, because that's something I'm going to talk about. You know, the Sharks just have been doing exceptionally well in the second half. I think at the time, they were the sec- the team that has scored the second most points in the competition in the second half. So uh, they clearly, sl- like you said, slow burn and then put their foot down in the second half.
0: Yeah, I think at the risk of sounding like Nas Berta, that really was a game of two halves. Like you said, the second half was a completely different Sharks outfit that took to the field. Utterly outclassed connect and worth mentioning... This is the first South African side that Connacht has lost to. They beat the Bulls, Stormers, and the Lions. So, comprehensive victory from the Sharks. It was 21-10 at time. They kept Connacht scoreless in the second half and scored 31 unanswered points.
1: Well, I think that was quite important for me, was keeping them actually scoreless. Or that was uh, something that was quite pertinent. Keeping them scoreless in the second half showed that you know something happened at that halftime chat. The guys switched on, and it wasn't just an impressive attack
0: display that it was sense
1: it was incredible to that defense and
0: player. i hope that's actually a signal of where the Sharks season is going now you know they're starting to hit form hitting their stride that defense is what you want to see in a side that can really challenge in the playoffs so i think that's that was a good showing from the sharks a little bit nervous about uh thomas the tank you know having yeah. to come off often hia
1: or failed hia you know he's such a humble player i just really enjoy him i wish him all the best
0: and You know, what a great oak. Yeah, no, definitely. And also exciting, Lukanya Am will be back for our next fixture that's against Ulster. Is he now done being big in Japan? Yes, and he's on his way back, so it'll be good to have him. I wonder if he'll uh, resume his role as captain of the side as well.
1: Yeah, I think stick with what you have at the moment. I mean, Thomas does an incredible job. Um, Obviously, Sia being a leader there. You know, I, I, I think
0: Leave it at what it is. The Kanye doesn't need to be captain, right? He is a good captain, but he doesn't need to be captain. No, for sure. I think the Sharks have a good good amount of leadership. Even Bongi is in the mix there. <laughs> oh, Bongi, yeah, Bongi. And then, can we just take a, another pause for the cause here to chat about Apalele Fassi? Yeah, okay. That playing brilliantly. <laughs> Yo, The weekend special. What a man. How does he get through some of those tackles, eh? And his strides are so long. That the guys can't get his legs together to take him down. He is an animal on the counter-attack.
1: No, for sure. Um, he's very exciting at the moment. And in the beginning, I was a little bit apprehensive. I know you were saying, play him in the spring box. Play him now. Play him now. I just thought, you know, he's he's still small and he's still light. And, and I'd like to see him get a little bit bigger to make some incredible defensive tackles. But, you know, then again, and Colby's tiny and he can tackle like a beast.
0: So, you know, by all means, play Fassi now. He should be our fullback. Yeah, Fassi was on fire. And then another player that's I think probably the most underrated player in the URC, Vanacore. It's that guy.
1: That guy tries and tries and and then tries some more. Hey? It's
0: unreal. He is the busiest player on the field by a country mile, and then he's got the tenacity of Faf Klerk with the hair to boot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whistle's gone and he's trying to
1: catch the ball to see if there's a quick move. There's no quick move that they can possibly take. But he's ready to play all the time, every time.
0: So he's also another another guy that deserves an applause there, wonder as well as Pepsi. I wonder if he's actually got his jerseys back. I wonder. Hey, that was such a shame that his jerseys oh, got stolen. I mean, we're going to have to do. We'll talk about that on the next podcast, maybe. And then looking over to Ospreys versus Scarlet, quite a comprehensive win from the Ospreys.
1: Yeah, Ospreys, well done to you. I think that was a little bit of an upset for me. I did not see the Ospreys coming off of that win. Uh, I expected the, the Scarlets to take it. And then for the Ospreys to really step it up, I mean, 54-36, or just to score 54 points in itself is very impressive. I think they do need to look at their defense because letting through 36 points, you know, that's often going to
0: result in you losing a match. You know, and that loss is a big one for Scarlets because now they are only five points ahead of the Ospreys on the log and the Ospreys have a game in hand. So risking that uh, spot in next year's Heineken Cup or European Champions Cup that was a very big loss for for the scarlets to have suffered at the hands of the ospreys. I think the ospreys are, the, are one of the only teams playing this coming weekend to make up for that missing game. So yeah, scarlets their own demise, cause of their own demise. And then stormers versus leinster, bit of a disjointed match that.
1: Yeah, a lot of people said that uh, you know it's a it's a second string leinster team, and yes, I hear what you're saying. But often if you put the bras on the bench
0: in-game, you know, they, they are hungry. They're ready yeah. to prove themselves. So when you talk wasn't about it easy. as a second... So there were 10 internationals in that Leinster it, team.
1: No, for sure. Uh, you know, it was never going to be easy for the Stormers. Uh, they th- they did win in the end. Uh Look, uh, what did you say earlier? Leinster kicking the ball out because they'd secured the two points that they wanted. Yeah. Um,
0: and, that you know, that was the end of that. You know, I think this whole talk about the Leinster second team actually just needs to be put in perspective because it's something the South African squads will face next year balancing their commitments in the URC with their commitments in the Champions Cup. At some point you have to say, okay, we've achieved primary goal in the URC. We've got top of the log. We've secured a home playoff berth. Now we need to focus on the Champions Cup and Leinster deservedly did that. They had done enough at that point to rest their quality players or their top tier quality players that they could afford to take two losses. And they knew exactly what they were doing here in South Africa. They knew we needed one point against the Stormers, kick the ball out, let's not make this any further. We've got top of the log. When it comes down to the business end of the tournament, Leinster will have their full strength team, and then they are perfectly primed to challenge for the trophy again. Yeah, I think well done. So that's 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 squad management 101, you know, 101 and, and they've done an excellent job of that. So well done, Leinster, and your management team. And Cooney's comments about them: the best team in the URC is Leinster, the second best team in the URC is Leinster B. <laughs> I think that's that's a fairly accurate summary. Ulster versus Edinburgh, Ulster versus
1: Edinburgh, hey. So this was also very important because obviously it was the last game, and, and there'd been quite a bit of movement that had taken place uh, on the log, and and this was important. We were, I was hoping that Edinburgh might uh, might have taken the the win there, but uh, they didn't. It was a good game. Also, business end of the tournament, we're nearing that, so uh, log position was very important. But, you know, well known to Ulster. They're also a very strong team this year. Yeah, and I
0: think it was a crucial win for Ulster from a South African perspective, because Ulster beating Edinburgh secured the Bulls, the Stormers and the Sharks into next year's European Champions Cup. Had Edinburgh won, the Bulls were still at risk of, of dropping out of that tournament. So definitely, thank you, Ulster. Sharks to face them next in the last round of the f- of the season or regular play of the season. But yeah, I mean, let's just have a look at the log there then talking about the guys qualifying for the Champions Cup. Unfortunately, the Lions not making it. You know, they are 11th on the log at the moment. Yeah. So then having mentioned, you know, the, the three sides that are qualifying for the European Champions Cup, maybe we should just take a bit of a look at the log in general. You know, Leinster in first place, uh, Munster in second, Sharks in third, Stormers fourth, Ulster fifth. Bills in 6th and Warriors at 7th. Edinburgh at 8th. They're already all confirmed to participate in the quarterfinals. It's just where they're going to end up in that top 8 that has to still be decided.
1: Right, so Scarlet's in ninth. have, you know, they they stand their chance, no chance. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, so the the quarterfinalists already confirmed. Obviously, it's just now where they're going to end up in that log. If they get home ground advantage or not, that's still to be decided. You know, I see on the log here, three teams are on 56 points. So why are they separated there, Ronnie?
1: So it's my understanding, it's not my understanding, I know this. Uh, Munster are in second place because of points difference score, but if you then look at the Sharks and Stormers, although they're also on 56 points... The Sharks have scored one more try this season over the Stormers. So yeah, it's
0: 57 to 56 in yeah. the try scoring department there. I know we we debated that, but
1: uh, it, in this case, it's not bonus points. I think bonus points is something that they used in Super. I think early. that's
0: for qualifying for Champions Cup when we discussed that. That's how they qualify there.
1: For sure. So what we're looking at here is uh, the Sharks have scored literally one try uh, more than the Stormers this season. So that's how close it is, right? I mean, uh, second, third, and fourth are all on 56 points. Uh, but it's come down to not just points difference to to separate them, but number of tries scored, and the number of tries the difference between the two, you know, sharks and stormers is literally one try.
0: It's one amazing. Try. It's competitions Unbelievable incredible. how competitive this tournament has how been. How
1: exciting is it? I mean, it's 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 I, I actually can't believe that uh, you know a year ago I was thinking you know
0: we should be in Super Rugby and I don't like that we're going to URC, but this is an incredible product. I hundred percent agree, and I mean. We mentioned a little bit earlier, Leinster and Munster set to face one another in the last round. So second spot really is up for the grabs for the Bulls, the Sharks, and the Stormers, actually. Mm. So, you know, all to play for in the last round. There's two weeks off now before those fixtures. But, I mean, what a tight competition, and it's been incredible. And as it stands, Sharks and Stormers would both host uh, home quarterfinals, which would be lacquer. Yeah, that would definitely be awesome. Let's just be a little bit biased here. How awesome would it be to have it? All South African final. We will never shut up about that, guys. We'll have to unfollow the page. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I think, Ronnie, you know, there's another log that we need to take a look at. And that's our Super Brew log for the competition. Good to see a Sharks fan in first place. Good old Henk Boerter. Well done, Henk. You're leading the charge there. Alistair Robbins, you know, short and straight. You're in second place. Maintaining your place in the top three there consistently, which is nice to see. And also Tumbles Fluff doing much of the same. Wayne van Hierden in third. You guys are keeping everyone on their toes. Couple of rounds of the competition left. So yeah, keep it up guys. Ronnie and I are definitely coming for you. Ronnie not so much. He's not so good at this game. Beating you. Are you sure though? Yes. <laughs> you don't sound so sure. I'm literally looking at the log right now. <laughs> I don't believe you, Ronnie. Don't lie to our listeners. That's not how we do things here at Buntit. And then, you know, the URC South African team's having a two-week break, like we mentioned. So the Curry Cup will resume this weekend. You know, the Curry Cup's been off for a little bit. I think also just to take a look at the standings there. Bulls are in first place on that log. Uh, One point ahead of the Cheaters, who have a game in hand. It's worth mentioning you know cheetahs undefeated so far this season
1: no that's an incredible statistic i mean they they really are undefeated and i know people are going to say they people that teams are split squads between the urc and curry cup but you know for the free state to go undefeated it's it's very noteworthy it's very
0: impressive and very well done to the cheetahs you know we we've said it a number of times yeah. we love the cheetahs here on punted keep it up guys Um looking forward to the clashes this weekend so let's take a look at the first one there. Then the the Lions bottom of the log, zero wins from eight games, face the Cheetahs undefeated.
1: Yeah, look the Lions have obviously done really well in the URC. Uh, maybe with with a couple of you know bye weekends coming up for them, are they gonna are they gonna bolster the Curry Cup team with uh, some URC
0: players? I don't know. That's where that split squad mantra comes in you know
1: i think regardless uh you know cheetahs should take this one quite comfortably they're how high just, are you going on super brew i'm not going very high <laughs> i think yeah let's say by let's say cheetahs by 14
0: i think cheetahs
1: by 24 sharks versus pumas so i the pumas for me are one of those giant slayers just like the creek was uh, but i'm gonna go with sharks here because it's a home game
0: i'm glad you're saying they're giant slayers because every time you say that they lose Sharks, definitely backing the Sharks to win that one, but I do think about an eight-point difference there. It won't be as convincing. No, it won't. Pumas have been struggling a bit. You know, they're lying in fifth on the log at the moment. Is Buddha Chamberlain going to play? No. Well, it depends if they're going to reinsert him or if Benilla's going to start at 10. Because
1: he uh, he obviously didn't get his shot.
0: Yeah, I actually think he deserves some more game time, so I'd like to see that. And then last fixture, Bulls versus Griquas.
1: Yeah, so I mentioned the, some giant slayers, Pumas, but uh, the Griquas really are giant slayers. Uh, but this is still going to go the way of the Bulls.
0: Yeah, I think also the Bulls and Jake White saying, you know, he's going to load his Curry Cup team with URC stars to keep their match ready now. So maybe the Griquas get off and next week, the following week's fixture will be a bit more intense. But likely at least the Bulls bench from the URC will, will get some game time in the Curry Cup this week. And then, you know, we spoke about it on the pod, the Cheetahs, they're doing so well in, in the Curry Cup, looking at a B division of the URC, you know, sort of URC shield competition. Unfortunately, CEO of um, the URC, Martin anayi coming out saying that that's not in the pipeline no, at a all real at the shame. moment. Really is a shame. You know, he's saying, and I guess rightly so, they're prioritizing the URC and, and building up the competition. It's a new competition. Don't take on too much at once. But sure. yeah, very sad to see that from the Cheetahs. Hopefully the Toyota Challenge is something that gets the likes of Teota Verblitz and the Crusaders here. But quite sad to see there won't be a no sort of B division tournament next year.
1: No, there needs to be something done with the Cheetahs. I mean, we can't just let them...
0: Yeah, SO Rugby's really let the ...disappear into
1: the shadows. So I think the Cheetahs have been let down here. Obviously, we need to make a plan. We need to fit them in somewhere. We need to have insert them into some comp- competition somewhere because uh, they absolutely need some game time.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there, Ronnie. And then, you know, speaking about bringing the Crusaders here, did you see that they lost to the Waratahs this weekend? I really don't know what to make of that. (laughs) 24-21. Are the Aussies on the rise or what? The Aussies are
1: definitely on the rise. There's There's been an incredible amount of improvement, I've felt, from the Australian teams. I don't know whether there has been a drop in performance from the New Zealanders. I think maybe they have just
0: stagnated a little bit. Uh, whereas Australians have, I think, improved. Just worth mentioning that your boy Richie was playing for the Crusaders there, hey? So, yeah, that was a bit of a shock loss for them. Big sort of news coverage coming out of that side of the world. Shock for the, the champions. I mean, they're going for, what, sixth title in six years. So that's unreal from the Crusaders to see them lose, especially after the New Zealanders didn't lose a single game last year to the Aussie sides. Rumbies also beating the Hurricanes, 42-25. Another Australian team beating a New Zealand team. Hurricanes really are having a bit of a struggle this year, but nowhere as bad as the Highlanders. Rebels, 26-22, Moana Pacifica. Very tight game. They're good to see the the new additions to the competition, having some solid fixtures. Druid just, just losing to the Highlanders at home, 24-27. That game was incredibly well attended though, so that was good to see, you know, Growing rugby in Fiji with a Fijian team, not like the All Blacks touring there and whatever. Great mm-hmm. to see their homegrown homegrown players appearing. You know, and then the Blues also narrowly edging Western Force, a eh? 22-18. Yeah, there's a lot
1: of wins here that I thought were going to be convincing. And yeah. they, they really weren't. So is it a case of Australia being better and, or New Zealand being worse? Or is it a case of both? I think it's really well done to you, Australia. I definitely didn't back you guys
0: as, as much as I should have. And I mean, another close one. Chiefs over Reds, 27 to 25. It's only two points. So that was quite a cracker of a game. I'm not sure if you actually watched that one, but
1: I thought that was a cracker of a game. Very well done.
0: So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there with the, the New Zealand and Aussie teams. It's a bit more difficult to watch Super Rugby at the moment. But well done, Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Do they miss the South Africans? I know we've said this before. I think Ian Foster definitely does when he sees what's happening. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to his his all-blacks players there. Talking about rugby in general, did you see Spain out of the Rugby World Cup for the second time? That's really
1: challenge? sad, considering I spoke about them a couple of weeks ago. I was so happy to yeah, see it them. That was actually and, your two cents, eh? Hey, no, yeah, well, it
0: was my two cents, so I guess my two cents is free. Romania now the new opponents for the Springboks in, in the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a little bit sad for Spain.
1: I mean, you. I mean, I don't know how they stuffed up what they stuffed up. I mean, can, can they not get their management uh, uh, in line and, 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 and to follow all rules and regulations as they
0: should be? Did they think they were not going to get caught? Anyways, Romania in, Spain out. And then, I mean, just so the, the guys that don't know about what's happened with Spain... They were booted from the World Cup now after breaching player eligibility laws. They had a South African prop come off the bench. He played about 13 minutes um, in that last fixture that got them to qualify. And as a result, they now lose their spot in the World Cup. But even worse, this is the second World Cup in a row that Spain have done this.
1: I mean, what were they thinking?
0: Yeah, so he, I mean, he was there for three years, but the entire hard lockdown of COVID, he came back to SA, so... That meant he didn't yet qualify for citizenship. It's three uninterrupted years that he needed. So yeah, big, big missed opportunity from Spain. I think the supporters of them will be very disappointed. I mean, even a bench player costing costing that's definitely not worth it. And then the other ugly thing in rugby, did you see that video at Kersny this weekend?
1: I did see that. So Kersny, for those that don't know, is a top school here in, in Natal in South Africa. And uh, one of the fa- one of the parents, one of the fathers,
0: got a little bit uh, aggressive, on uh, harassing on the, the ref. You know, firstly, no parent should be on the field. This is schoolboy rugby. The young referees, young players, let them the get into the game. I mean, it's not professional rugby. It's not the World Cup on the line. You want the boys to enjoy it, and if you're going to take that out by being an aggressive parent and being on the field, there's no place for you in that situation. I mean, Pete Van Sale tackled the ref many years ago, and you know, what a moron no absolutely really? i think you need to be called to order that's not acceptable schoolboy rugby game was the under 16a game i believe and then i mean on the contrast there's also a video that comes out this week of the youngster over in the uk encouraging his mate to come and play rugby and saying you know it doesn't matter what age you are it doesn't matter your size um any of that doesn't matter we just want you to come and play and yeah. i mean that was, that's exactly what rugby is about yeah not this nonsense on the side of the field. Yeah, absolutely.
1: very disappointed in the, in the parent down at, down at, uh, at Kersny. Uh, but you know very proud of the youngster that uh, managed to talk up his mate. Uh, you know that's really what it is
0: about, and that's, this is not soccer. No, this is not soccer. 100 percent. we agree with that. Horassi Erasmus's comments in The Daily Mail he seems to what did he say? To love making his, his point there now I miss that one. So, Rossi's saying that refs are required to make 800 to 850 decisions in a game. He says two refs should come into play. I mean, that was experimented with in 2014 in the Varsity Cup. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy that. I suppose a different implementation might yield different results. But for me, that's a bit excessive. And his other comment is that you have specific referees for the scrum. So, they would just run on, officiate the scrum and run off. You know, former players, scrum coaches, that sort of thing. To clear up the, the grey areas there. And he even suggested having microphones on them. So that the listeners on TV and in the stadium can actually hear what's going on. I mean I quite like that. I really want to know what the guys are saying on the field. What what their rationale is. What what it
1: is that they're thinking. Uh, but having two multiple refs on the field at the same time can get a little bit confusing.
0: Yeah. No for sure. It, it's definitely I think a little bit too much in my eyes. But yeah. That's, that's Rusty's thing. And I loved how he said he loves watching the fatties go up the the field with the ball just as much as he loves watching Cheslin Colby with it in his hands. So, Rossi keeping everyone, you know, laughing as he always does. You know, we had a chat about it last night, actually, when you came over. The World Cup rankings and who were playing in the World Cup, I mean, it's scary to think that South Africa, New Zealand, Ireland and France will all meet likely in the quarterfinals, barring any tricks from Scotland. And, Two of those four teams won't make it to the semis. And then you've got the other side of the World Cup log, which is Australia, England, uh, Wales, Argentina, all of them are going to go up the other side of the, the, the system to make it to the final. And I don't think that's really fair. So as you mentioned, you know, the ranking system straight out of the World Cup is what determines who's in what pool for this. But should it be closer to the time that should this It absolutely
1: is? be closer to the time. I mean, uh, Wales, I th- what are they ranked now? They're something we're 8th or 9th at the moment, whereas they finished the last World Cup in 3rd. Yeah. But now, now the pools are completely backwards. You know, you've said it. Uh, we've got South Africa. We've got Ireland. We've got New Zealand. We've got France. We've got Scotland. It's literally all four together. top teams. Yeah. In, in Scotland. two
0: pools. Yeah, and Scotland. In two pools. And then they come out and they face each other in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Hectic, hectic, hectic competition <laughs> so, coming, but definitely a bit absurd that the, the rankings four years ahead of the World Cup determine the pools. I think it skews a little, little bit. Quite worried to see what's going to happen in those quarterfinals because there's some big boys that are not going to go through. I mean... I mean, probably, it's a probably South Af- not Ireland, we we know that by now. <laughs> no, no,
1: but in all fairness, if you are an Irish, if South African, New Zealand, uh, or a French rugby fan, you should be nervous. No, for sure. But if you're in England, Australia, Wales and Argentina,
0: you can actually
1: feel a little bit
0: less nervous. Yeah, you've got a better uh, way through the pool stages. That's just our humble opinion. Better quarter final, you know. I mean it's 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 shocking to think about actually. Oh, excuse me sleepless nights yeah and then i think ronnie just to mention you know we got a suggestion on on instagram for some coverage so we thought we'd give some of the schoolboy results from this weekend i was watching a bit of afis versus glenwood afis is doing really well uh if you if people haven't actually been following them yeah afis yeah. is having a good good season gray versus Paul is actually on we're recording on a monday night so that's on a little bit later tonight which we'll definitely be watching Hilton's hundred and fiftieth anniversary this weekend. Uh, they beat Michael House 3217. So that was schools from the toll. Good good win for Hilton. Kersney beating Northwood 29 okay. 17 at home. Westville College, 46 17 St. Charles. Queens College pumping St. John's 27 15 was a bit of a surprise for me. Grey High, 21 17, Rondebosch. And then help McCar getting a good win over Maritzburg College, twenty five sixteen. Yeah. So you know the schoolboy rugby is available on SuperSport and YouTube now. 100% worth a watch. And I think it's actually done very well to grow the sport.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very interesting schoolboy
0: rugby is excellent at the moment. Do you have two cents for us, Ronnie? I do have two cents for
1: us. You look uh, quite eager. Week. we We ranting
0: do. or we raving or no, what's got it's, ranting.
1: It's, we're not doing either. Although, I don't know what you should You can tell
0: me afterwards what it what it is. So, uh... <laughs> this doesn't <laughs> bode well, guys. Buckle up. <laughs> no, so I had... So I, if the taxi's was, not pissing you off on sh- William nickel, Ronnie's
1: about to. Just shut up. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, there's two things. We, we, we're coming towards the business end of the URC tournament. And I thought about, uh, you know, listening off some of the statistics, some of the noteworthy stats that, that you know, have, that have been during the, the past season. So I, I looked at, I think this next week, I'll possibly look at the team, maybe I'll change my mind, do something completely different. But this week, we're going to look a little bit at the players. So, leading point
0: scorer, do you know who that is? Yeah, it can be the only man I've raved on on this podcast, Marnie mm-hmm. Libok. It is Marnie Libok. So Marnie he's, of the match. So,
1: he scored 139 points. He's convincingly in, the, in first How place. How far in first place is So, he? 139 and Jack Carty in second place on 114. Yeah, so it's a decent lead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fair chunk. So, Wala to the Stormers and Marnie Libok, uh, top try scorer. I know you just saw it on the screen, so you might I as well tell.
0: I actually, I would have gone for Tambwe had I not seen the screen. But Lionel Zas, he was on fire this weekend. Lionel or Leolin? I don't know. That's a good question.
1: It's Leolin. So, uh, well, sorry, Lionel, uh, Leolin, out there. It is Leo <laughs> okay, us. Okay, um, bad. But yeah, so he's the top try scorer. But in second place is Marcel Kutsier.
0: Really? Yeah, I am Not I'm
1: even Tambwe.
0: <laughs> Marcel Kutsier yeah. is the second top try scorer. I'm sorry, Rasi Jacques, what are you waiting for?
1: All right, so successful ball carriers, Evan Russ. Yeah, it has to be Evan Russ. Yeah, he's done
0: exceptionally well.
1: Is uh, he in first? Eh? Yeah, By how in, much? 119 in the second place. Ninety-seven. I got 22,
0: 22 carries above everyone else. Yeah, well then you can do a bit of math. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs>
1: uh, clean breaks. Top is Kurt Lee Orrinson, twenty-one. Second really is my daughter hey? So those are two but Bulls it would have been players. Fussy. So first and second place uh, are held by Bulls players.
0: Impressive. Well done. So defenders beaten Mac Hansen. Now Canson, he had a bit of a tough time this weekend. But he's actually
1: he's actually uh, he he's actually tied for first place with Evan
0: Riss. So Evan Riss defenders beaten and he's a he's a forward. So that's a success, good success rate from Evenrith in most carries and most defenders. Yeah, mm. Absolutely.
1: Well done. You can do a bit of uh, interpretation of the results. Just then. in
0: case anyone's aware or wants to know, the Springbok management also has access to these stats.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So we've got meters gained. Uh, Kirtley Arncer, 991. And Madosh Tyrone,
0: 889. I don't actually like the meters gained stat. I don't think it's indicative of... You know, a team that plays a certain way is going to lend to players getting that. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, like Ches and Colby must make way more meters on a field than an Urban Etzebet. But then if you go and you look at a, a team like France, Paul Willems' meters made will be also massive because of the way that they play.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well done. Well, should we just throw all the statistics out because you no, think just it's that ridiculous? One. Okay, just that one. All right, so top offloads. It's your boy, Marcel Katsia. Really? Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> so, here? I know you really enjoy Marcel Katsia. And uh, most carries, Sione Kalamafoni. So, he's on 201. Who does he play for? Scarlet's. Scarlet's. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, a lot of the attack stats were dominated by South Africans. So, we'll just do a quick run-through of the defense as well. Top tackles made, Nick Timoni. Nick Timoni. Uh, Tackle success Simpiwe Matanzima He's the only player With 100% 100% Tackle
0: success And he's a prop You know what
1: (laughs) Well done Matanzima
0: We are very impressed Well done Keeping the front row name up there Alright so Turnovers 1 Dion Ferree
1: on 20 He's the leader there Turnovers lost Madosh Tambwe
0: Really It's because he gets so isolated After running through everyone (laughs) Down the touchline
1: Okay so We're just coming to the last uh, Three here So uh, kicking penalties scored Jack
0: Carty on 23. So he's the best uh, penalty kicker. Conversions. That's surprising because Connacht's the second highest penalty conceding team in the competition as well. <laughs> so something coming up
1: there. So conversions. Uh, Ross Byrne for Leinster. You know, he's kicked the most conversions. The most drop goals. Now this one was quite surprising because uh, Butter Chamberlain is way out front with four drop goals. And he hasn't season. even started <laughs> this year. And, uh, and everyone else is, is uh, tied on two with... Yeah, they all got one, 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 one kick each. But uh, Butter Chamberlain is clearly out in the lead with four. Yeah, Butter, you deserve to some more
0: game time there, my boy. All right,
1: so there's a lot more stats. All right, so then, you know, there's actually a lot of stats, and I want to go through all of them, but we'll, we'll end off with discipline then. So the most yellow cards goes has to... has to be the Bulls. Sp- no, man, it goes to Seb Davies for Cardiff. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that.
1: All right, red most red cards. Nicolo
0: Canone with one. So, yeah, so I'll it's very few. Well, I suppose if you're a player and you're getting more than one red card, you're going to be in big cut. <laughs> yeah, the one I'm a little bit uh
1: disappointed in is the number of uh penalties conceded, and that's Thomas Detoy on 20.
0: He's conceded the most penalties, yeah. But that guy's top heavy, man. If he hits into a rack and someone pulls him, he's going off his feet.
1: I suppose it's also difficult at prop, right? I yeah, mean, you, and a tight head, you know, it's yeah. you're going down, you, you're your bind breaks and. You slip, so that's just the end of that.
0: All right, so we'll save out some of these stats for other weeks to come. Yeah, Ronnie, and then on to Saturday. Did you see you were right last week, Andries Becker? I actually didn't see. I was off social media this week. Well, well done, Ronnie. You were right. Thank you. Quite a number of guys only getting it on the third clue, so well done. Uh, are you ready for this one? This week, we're going to do it a little bit differently. I've got to name the stadium for you.
1: Ah, you see, now it's getting exciting.
0: Yeah, well, this is, I found this a bit challenging to come up with, but let's see... You're going to get your standard questions, and let's see if you can help the listeners with this one. So, name the stadium. This stadium hosted two Rugby World Cup finals. It was previously called Cooper's Catch Park. The record attendance at the stadium was 61,240 people. It now seats 50,000 people standard, so that's without the, the additional seating. The stadium's 122 years old, having opened in 1900. And the first test ever was held on the 14th of February, 1930. What are your questions, Ronnie? And as someone pointed out to me, I gave you four questions last week. So you're only getting two this week. That's just how this one's going. You can't tell me that now. Too late. Sorry for you, boyo.
1: All right. So um, what is the name of the stadium? One left. (laughs) No, you can't (laughs) give me one left. I'm
0: sorry. People say I'm going easy on you. I've got to change that up. (laughs) Okay.
1: What was the host nation's best result? In that stadium? No, in in a Rugby World Cup. Ever. They've won it. Have they won it? Yes. Well, that narrows it down, right? But not by much. And you said previously called Cooper's Catch
0: Park and hosted two Rugby World Cup finals. This is this Christchurch Rugby Stadium? I don't know, Ronnie. You're going to have to wait, like everyone else, for Saturday <laughs> for the answer to be published. Every week I give you the answer and I expect you to, to tell me whether I'm re- yes or no. And I have to wait a bloody week. <laughs> well, not a full week, but almost. And then, guys, yeah, thanks for joining us again. We really appreciate the feedback. We forgot to shout out to uh, John O'Lang last weekend. Um, we appreciate that as well. And then, some exciting news next week, we'll be joined by sports law attorney Shane Wafer um, from Javelin Sports to chat about the doping in South African sports, you know, the process behind it, the testing, um, the disciplinary process in place. I think it's going to be lucky to have Shane on here. We'll be posting on Instagram for you guys to get your questions in as well. And then yeah, we'll catch you next week Thursday. Shot everybody.